0: hello and welcome to mean mommy kink podcast and you're here with jackie griot
1: and miss lola sunshine
0: yay you're so blessed and lucky you get to listen to these beautiful black femmes talk to you about whatever the hell we want honestly this podcast has just turned into mean mommies talk about whatever the hell we want and i'm here for that i think it's kind of right what about you
1: I did too. I think that like getting a chance to just talk about what you want to talk about. I think a lot of podcasts have a very rigid theme and you know that's cool and it works for them but I just don't want to stick to like a one thing. I want it to be more about we have this personality and we're going to talk about what we want to talk about.
0: Yeah I'm into it. So yay and, and everybody who's still riding with us who finds it interesting I just think it's so cool that people are Interested in the intersection of mean mommy and kink and what that can means. We really hit on a, on an interesting vein in the community. So mm. good on us, we're smart, we're smart chicks. I'm patting myself on the back. Just saying. So we're gonna start with our um, business spotlight. And today we are talking about Grio Goods. So Grio is just like I do my last name. G R I O T and Goods G O O D S. So that's the website griogoods.com. Grio Goods on Instagram. Um, the first time I saw them, they were making these really pretty handcrafted resin paddles. So if you know your impact folks, if you want some beautiful paddles, they do that. But lately, they've been doing these 3D printed planters. So for all my plant hoes and my plant queers, plant um, gays, plant gays, all of the plant people. Um, These planters are really cool. I like because there's lots of different body uh, diversity and it's very plus size inclusive. There's this one I love where the tummy of the person hangs really low and round. It's just a nice hip angle. That's a lot of hip and tummy. So I'm here for Round bodies, hard bodies, short bodies, tall bodies, and just seeing this representation in these 3D planters is really cool. So I think everybody should go check them out and tell me what you think.
1: I mean, I'm looking at these and I, as you know, just set up an herb garden in my kitchen and I, you know, they're in like white pots that all match. But now I'm like, this could have been hot ass instead of little white pods. And I'm a little mad at myself, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like we were saying how, you know, the candles we did for the last business, this is like, the planter equivalent of that. If you want- I
1: could have nice those in the beans. candles and just mm-hmm. have a sexy fucking herb garden in the middle of my kitchen. I might need to redecorate. We'll see how this goes. You might
0: need to redecorate. I love this plan. So everybody go check them out, all right? We love a queer Black business and they're not necessarily kink, but who doesn't want a booty plant? I feel like that's kinky. <laughs> <laughs> booty plant. Booty plants. Oh, So- Episode 12, this topic is going to be kind of interesting. It's our power exchange and money. And I think this is a really interesting topic, power exchange and money. And the reason this came up for me is I truly believe every relationship somehow involves money. Um, Absolutely. The misconceptions we have about sex workers are because they're very explicit about exchanging activities for money. But many relationships, personal and professional, involve exchanging money. You know, parents give money and resources to their kids, lovers share money, families share money. And in a lot of ways, kink relationships, specifically power exchange, have money expectations built into them Mm -hmm. and they're not always explicitly stated and i think it's time we have that conversation people have expectations about it
1: yeah even when it is explicitly stated it's not always what you think I think mm-hmm. a lot of folks see fin doms online that are just you know, hollering that people should give them money. And that is a kink for some people. They absolutely mm-hmm. love to do that for people and more power to them. Please continue paying these nice fin doms. But people think that's what money and power change starts and ends with when really that's just mm-hmm. a very small section of how money and power exchange can go together. Um, it, absolutely. it usually isn't that. It, it is occasionally, but like that's a very small niche fetish. Um, and we're going to talk
0: about that of, too, but we're going to wait to get into that.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that's why a lot of people that get into sex work that think it's all just hollering at men to give them money get real disappointed because it's a really small niche fetish and it actually right. does take skill and talent to pull it off properly and it's not just about you like wearing lingerie and screaming that you deserve cash. So anyway, um, we'll get into that a little bit later too, but um, I think people in general, not just in DS and power exchange have a lot of weird hangups about money. They don't know how Mm. to talk about it, whether it's because they grew up with no money or whether it's because they grew up with tons of money or something in between, like money is just not a thing people openly talk about. And they really fucking should, because it's Mm. the foundation of almost every intensive relationship. Like money is going to be involved some form of fashion. And so people need to be upfront and honest about it. So, um, I regret to inform you this will be another episode in which we tell you to work on your communication and get over yourself (laughs) and get over your personal hurdles. So if you don't want to be told that and this is already making you super uncomfortable, you don't know how to talk about money, you can feel free to turn this off and call your therapist.
0: Yeah, but real quick, let's give some examples, just some real quickly ways in which money affects um, DS relationships, master-slave relationships, power exchange in general. So As a top, of course, you're paying money for your toys, equipment, your um, supplies that you have to re-up like gloves and lube. You're paying money for classes, going to classes to learn about things or events. You're paying money depending on types of dates or adventures that you want to go with with your person. A lot of people expect the top to put in more of a monetary. Not everyone. It depends, you know. Mm -hmm. And I do think when we talk about money, gender does come up. Because it does. Because I've, in my experience, I've seen men where they're in charge of the money, regardless of whether they're the top or the bottom. And then the kink community kind of has room for that. But whenever you talk about a femme who's in charge of the money, be they the top or the bottom, that's when people start to feel like, oh, they could be a gold digger or
1: misuse. Scammer. A scammer, yep. you know, and, and there that are plenty all of from, from all hating, Well, but and then that all comes from hating sex workers. That all Correct. comes from first of all not understanding what sex work even really is, and how much labor goes into that shit, and second of all, equating all sex workers with the stories of scammers that you've heard. So, right. yeah, um, I, there uh, it, it's a little bit of misogyny, it's a little bit of uh, horror phobia, it's all wrapped up into one little present there. Um, yeah. So yeah, and and I think that like, when you're kind of laying out what you want your relationship to look like, money should be part of that conversation. When you're having those hard conversations of like, here are what the boundaries are. Here's where the dominant's allowed to push, here's where the is not allowed to push. Here's you know, all the things that you lay out for a DS relationship. Like here's how I can be spoken to and corrected. Here's ways I don't like to be spoken to. Um, you, you should also talk about money in that point in time because A, that means you're getting more serious. And B, that means that like, you're already having an uncomfortable conversation. You guys are both here at the table to have like, the sexy time is, is on pause. So that you can talk about the practical time of like, it would be wonderful if I were available for sex with you all the time, but I get UTIs all the time as well. So you have to understand like you're already having like the weird shit, right? So like mm-hmm. at that point, you can also bring up money and be like, how do we want this to go? Do we, Is the rule that sir pays for all dates that are DS dates or is the rule that, you know, the owned girl gives paycheck to sir and you know they give owned girl the amount of allowance that she's allowed to have or is it you know uh boy will buy all of mistress's groceries and do her shopping once a week and present it to her like whatever that looks like Everyone needs to be on board. It shouldn't just be a random order for someone to start spending a bunch of their money, nor should it be an expectation for the nominant to be spending their money. It should be Mm -hmm. something upfront and agreed about. And I think a lot of the problem comes twofold. One, that it's not agreed upon ahead of time. And then the other side of that coin is when you really start like getting into DS and start living together and things like that, then the unsexy parts of money come up. And since like your relationship is based on sexy, no one wants to talk about the unsexy and then things fucking spiral. So we'll get into that a little bit later too, but you have to have those conversations and they have to be really upfront. That way, not only do everyone know where they stand, but it lets people know that they can talk to you about money because money circumstances also change. And so if you, right, so if you're afraid to talk to your dominant about money, or if you're afraid to admit to your submissive that you lost your job three months ago and don't have any more money, or whatever, that's a problem, and it's going to lead nowhere good. So I encourage you all have the hard conversations. If you don't have money, you don't have money. If you're not comfortable spending the money you have in a certain direction, say that shit too. Like don't spend money and be resentful of it. That's that's pretty bad as well. Um, just, you know. I agree. Mm-hmm. Because I, I agree. You know, we- We've all been in those situations too, right? Where like somebody buys you something like dinner or something like that, and then things go wrong and suddenly they're hollering about the dinner they bought you. And like, imagine if that were a DS relationship, that's even worse, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I think it's really important as we have these conversations about money is that everyone in the scenario either should have their own money or they should have equal access to the money that we're talking about. Because I think financial abuse is real, and if really one is. person doesn't have access to any money, then you've created a different scenario. No one, you can't fully consent if you don't have the ability to make any choices financially. Like,
1: well, you, or you need to really be in a place where you know you trust that person, and I mean, like you've been living with them for five plus years. I and disagree. You just now decide. Really? You don't think I any, so there's never
0: a time? I disagree. Here's why. Because everyone should have a, the access to the money, whether they choose to yes. use the access or not. But there's too many scenarios where somebody gets sick. They don't have the ability to get into those bank accounts. Like if mm-hmm. y'all were really together mm-hmm. together, like if you're really sharing money, even if one person is in charge, quote unquote, I have seen relationships where one person cannot access the money that they work for.
1: Yes. where if I've anything seen that happens too. to
0: them, they can't
1: use their bank account.
0: You know, so I that's think
1: scary. I've, right, I've seen that too. I think that there are things you can do to put in safeguards for that. If you want to do it mm-hmm. properly, it's going to take a lot of paperwork and it probably would look like a joint bank account in which the, sub, the person that doesn't have access to the money, usually the submissive, would not have access to that unless there's an emergency. So they should know where that in case of Power emergency file, kind of stuff. is power of attorney yeah it gets messy and this is the real shit where you start living with people and when you start basing your life around ds this is the real shit like it's really sexy to be like i don't own anything he's until my master suddenly we're not until, married until I just suddenly live in house. something right. happens and you don't own anything so mm-hmm. like if you don't own the house that you live in with your master and he god forbid gets into a car accident his kids now own that house and where are you gonna live
0: and, that, and that's the real thing about DS relationships, the real long-term DS relationships, the folks who decided not to get married because they didn't feel like marriage was what they wanted, or the folks who had multiple relationships and they wanted to mm-hmm. make sure all of the slaves were taken care of, they created power of attorneys amongst wills. themselves. They had wills. They had mm-hmm. multiple bank accounts that some people can access this one, maybe not everyone, but everyone had access to money for an emergency, Mm -hmm. because you never know what's going to happen. And so if you really want to be poly and have a uh, have a household and a family with multiple people talking about providing for everyone would mean having fail safes for everyone. If somebody
1: need people to like sack up and introduce your poly partners to your adult children. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand that it's a little uncomfortable. And I get it. You don't have to tell them all the weird kinky shit you do in bed, but it shouldn't be that upon your death, they meet this person that owns the summer house or whatever, because that's fucking weird and it's not going to end well. People are going to be like, who the fuck are you? Why do you own things? It's going to be a shit show. So they should be a a known, it absolutely has happened. It's absolutely happened. There should be a known individual. That way, if if the kids don't like it, that's totally fine. They at least still know who the fuck you are. So they're not surprised when you you know show up to collect whatever it is you've been willed because that is a thing. Um, I I knew a couple that was a lovely DS couple. Um, the dominant was getting a little older and he had you know a comfortable income. He had, you know comfortable retirement and assets and things, and so he had willed quite a few things to his submissive, but she had met the kids. And the Mm. kids were like, not super thrilled that she was getting a couple of things that they thought they were entitled to, but at least they knew it was coming. So that someday, Lord forbid, I hope he lives forever, but someday, you know, they would not be surprised when this woman they barely know who's definitely not their mother gets certain things. Well, let's just even
0: flip it on the, the, the fact that you've dedicated your life to this master You've, get, you've forsaken the chance to build wealth and do other opportunities to build mm-hmm. something with them. And now they're gone in the blink of an eye. You have no right. assurances. The family has never heard your name and what you're gonna just start over. There's a lot of folks after they've had um, a master or some, some sort of DS thing like that, they never have another partner like that again. Like that was mm-hmm. the most intense relationship like that they can ever commit to again. Because they gave a lot of themselves to that and they don't necessarily, you build a lot and don't have anything to show for it unless y'all have done the work.
1: Exactly. And I don't even necessarily think it's that you don't have anything to show for it, but it's like, like you said, if you are living with them and dependent on them, it's going to be really rough for you if suddenly that's gone. So
0: I'm gonna just say girlfriends and partners and DS relationships are not gonna have the same security as a marriage is in some ways. No,
1: that sucks, but it's true. Yeah. It sucks, but it's true. I can tell you for a fact that I have had a long DS relationship that was like five years plus that Mm -hmm. ended fairly abruptly. And I was left with absolutely nothing because this was before gay marriage was legal. And yeah. so I could not marry my my person that I'd been literally living with. And I was in a kept girl relationship in which I was home, like stay at home. Um, I didn't have no access to money that we'll get into a little bit more about what my role around money was there. because it was very unique, but I didn't work. I didn't have my own income. Um, and so when suddenly our relationship ended, it was like the transitional period was super rough because I had nothing yeah. set up, right? Like I had no, you know, and I was literally like at the whim of like what she was willing to do for me, which is crazy. Like that's an, that's another thing you need to get put in writing like a prenup almost. You could trust me, you can get that done. I was Google, just about to say married. that uh, there's several
0: people I know who are in collared relationships and prior to the collar, the dominant had to put some money in an account and that is the, if we should part money. and Exactly, so if they to should get them
1: somewhere safe.
0: To get them somewhere safe. So they don't have to, you know, people still dating or still um, um, living with their ex for so many months after because they can't afford housing. But now the two of y'all are resentful living in the same house. And, you know, right. it's hard to switch off. With, like as, people, as someone who's left the DS relationship and then that person was still in my house for a while, it's hard to switch back to... Mm-hmm. We're not friends in a or power whatever. exchange. We're friends. Like it's a weird switch. Weird. And so y'all really should separate. You really should separate yeah. if possible in order to heal. Yeah, and so I had to like live the, in that- the healing. Yeah,
1: it does. I had to live in that relationship for a couple of months for sure while I tried to figure out mm-hmm. my situation and. You know, first of all, thank God we had a two bedroom and I could move into the other room because that would be even weirder, um, yep. but it was still fucking weird. It was still super weird and I don't recommend it. Um, I was gonna say to you, the kind of thing that you were saying about like having something set up so that you're submissive or what have you can get somewhere safe. I mm-hmm. firmly believe that as a dominant is your responsibility to make sure that people land safely. And yes. I know that there are times when there are some exceptions to that rule. Like if if someone is physically trying to hurt you, right? Right. Um, then of course you don't stand there while they're physically trying to come at you and say, you know, whatever. Um, But even then I've had partners that have had pretty severe mental illness moments um, and some of them were triggered by breakups that were naturally happening for other reasons and it's Mm -hmm. still your responsibility to make sure they're somewhere safe that someplace might not be in your house but it's your responsibility if unless you're completely out of options. It's like calling the police, right? Like you don't call the police unless there's literally no other option. Like homeboys outside with a gun and there's nothing you can fucking do. You've tried yelling through the window. You're scared to death. He's gonna hurt the neighbors and you. And now you have to deal with the police. Like it's that level. Like unless they're that level, it's your responsibility to make sure they land safely. I have seen a lot of dominance that will literally leave someone in a party Mm-hmm. or literally leave someone in the middle of a conference. And that the person crisis. like, oh, yeah, or, or, right. Like they'll be crying a mess in the middle of IMSL. And mm-hmm. it's like, who the fuck leaves someone in the middle of a leather conference so that they look like a fool in front of all their friends and peers because they're going through a breakup in the middle of a leather conference. Like you couldn't wait yeah. two days. You couldn't wait two fucking days. Like I said, unless they did something extremely violent, you didn't have that much grace. You know what I'm saying? Like, these Honestly, are the things where I'm just like, you need to be an adult. If you're the one that took ownership of the relationship, then you have to take ownership of the breakup as well, which doesn't mean that submissive get to act any type of way. But it does mean that, like, you need to be a grown-up. You need to, like, again, make sure someone lands safely.
0: If, if my sure- person is crying in the middle of IMSL, they should be having an orgasm at the same time.
1: right if I didn't cause it and we're not (laughs) if they're not enjoying those tears something has gone very fucking wrong and it is my job as a dominant to try to figure out what that is and try to make sure that they're safe and again that might not be with you but like you need to make sure they have something you need to make sure they're going to leather family or they're going to their best friend's room or they have a way home or whatever like I've literally seen people get left in the middle of parties and it's just a shit show and I'm just like this Right. Yeah. Like you, you, it is your responsibility. You, you were with this person for however long. And you said that you were taking ownership of this relationship. So yeah, they're pulling a bunch of things that is definitely going to end in a breakup, but like you need to do it a good way. And if you've been living together, that also impales spending the money to make sure they're somewhere safe if they've given you all the power of their money. If they haven't, then of course it's on them. But if they've like been putting their paychecks into your account for however long, it is absolutely your responsibility to make sure they have somewhere else to live. That's a good place to live to help them move all the things because they've given you their money. Literally.
0: I would agree. I would I would say also if, unless someone has agreed to only pay for part of the travel, if you're paying for travel, you should pay for the full complete round trip travel and you should give them the way to get home, not like hold the the tickets or hold their passport. Like even in power exchange, like yes, if you're in some long-term relationship where you've been collared for 20 years, then sure, daddy can hold the passport, mommy can hold the passport. Mm, But I'm just saying in general, like building trust, is a process right. like it's not something just one day oh now you don't have to have bank cards anymore like this should have been right. a process of you building up the trust where you know this person would never leave you hungry never leave you thirsty would always take you home you don't have to have a card because they have proven through multiple instances
1: right years taking literally years it shouldn't be months yes. it should be years and like years of right. real time not years of online years of living yes. together Not years of you talking online. Don't do that. Don't mistake that for like in-person time. Um, And and also, that's another thing. Oh, go ahead. Just say what you want to say. I was gonna say I'd also argue that in those relationships, when you said like Daddy holds the passport, Mommy has the you know bank cards, I am sorry, and I know that I'm about to betray my fellow dominants here, but we're a fucking mess. And part of the reason submissives are wonderful is a lot of them are highly organized individuals that make our lives Mm. so much fucking better. And that is part of the service they provide. I have never once heard of an MS couple or a DS couple going on an international trip in which daddy had the passports. Daddy doesn't know where the fucking passports are. (laughs) Absolutely not. The girl has the passport, the travel insurance, the currency in both the US dollars and wherever they're heading, the itinerary, Mm. the fucking phone cards you know what I'm saying like daddy doesn't yeah. even know what the hotel's called stop acting crazy like
0: <laughs> yeah it's true it's true I will say I love that part of being a top where I can just like absolutely in the car and I don't even know where we're going like my mm-hmm. partner sometimes they're like you just get in the car with me and I'm like yeah you're it's taking beautiful. me to get
1: food. exactly I trust <laughs> like- that you I trust that you have our best interest at heart because you are in service. Like that is such a lovely dynamic. And it is also, I I actually love it from both sides of the slash, although I Mm -hmm. admittedly have not done it from a submissive side for a very long time. But like I said, that the relationship I had in which I was a stay at home kept girl, I was not just at home, you know, in a bubble bath. I was literally like running the household in the the actual way that 1950s housewives used to run a household, which means Mm -hmm. that I had the checkbook, I had a credit card in my name, I had access to the bank accounts, and because we were queer, I had all of her personal information, like social security numbers and things, so that I could call places like utilities and pretend to be her and get shit done that she never even knew was a problem. So. I was actually the one that was trusted with the access to all the things. And that's another direction that that money can go. And you really better trust somebody before you give a submissive your social security number, right? Like Mm -hmm. you really better know who the fuck has a credit card in your name so they don't run up a bunch of debt and then disappear. Like seriously. So, you know, that's true. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely so like there are some relationships i've seen where like the dominant wants to control all the money but there are a lot of relationships i've seen where the submissive becomes like the personal finance assistant because it's so much easier to handle that for your dominance they don't have to worry if the utilities are paid they don't have to worry whatever whatever like it just it like she could. There was one time where um there was a television that she'd seen on sale somewhere while she was at work, and it was a big sale. So she called me in the middle of my day and was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Laundry." And she's like, "I need you to drive to the South Bay and get a television." And I was like, "That's an hour away, but let me go ahead and get in this car that you pay for." And so <laughs> right. And because I had a credit card in my name. I could go buy this tv that she wanted from this fucking place an hour away and it was waiting for her when she got home so like these are the things that can be facilitated by sharing your finances in this way but again you better goddamn know who has a credit card in your name and what they're doing with it because she was fine with me like buying a couple little things for myself but like i could have gone to sephora and bought the place out like you know what i'm saying like she wouldn't she wouldn't have known until she got the bill if she even looked at the bill so you need to trust people, or if you're fine with them buying out Sephora, then make sure that you express that and you're cool with it when you get those bills. But, like, if you're not, you need to set boundaries or trust that that person has good boundaries with your money. So, yeah, that's a lot kind of the other side of the like- coin.
0: I was about to say a lot of folks would do like the you get an allowance thing and the allowance honestly can go both ways. I know some doms who have an allowance because the sub takes Mm -hmm. care of everything else. So dom just has to play money and they don't worry about nothing else besides that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've seen some doms where they have their paycheck go straight to the sub who then allots it accordingly and doesn't even, you know, so it really is the, the money, the power comes from who gets the benefit of this exchange in what ways? Because some people love to have all of the money control and some people would love to never have to think about money
1: Exactly. And, and that is such a service. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. there, I I start, we started off by saying there are lots of people that are uncomfortable dealing with money. They're either Mm -hmm. bad at it or it makes them really nervous or whatever. So if you Mm -hmm. have someone willing to do that service for you, that you can trust enough to be able to do that service for you, that is a huge, huge weight off your shoulders to like, know that shit's just handled. Like I had a budget, she approved it. And then we were good to go. She did and not I have will to say, worry about things.
0: For a lot of folks with executive dysfunction, I will even have the money, but the act of paying the bill is stressful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if I could just say, "Hey, take my card and pay this." Even that passing it off sometimes is an act of service. It's not even that Mm -hmm. they have control of my money. It's that I know they'll push the buttons. They'll call the people. I don't like calling, you know, T-Mobile. So they'll call T-Mobile for me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I will also say like, it can be really specific to certain things. Like my partner likes to do most of the grocery shopping, but I have no problem paying the, you know, the light bill and the water bill. Like I can just do Mm -hmm. that super easy fast meanwhile i'll you know take forever before i'll go buy groceries so then we'll sort of split things according to who does it the easiest most ease so Mm -hmm. they get to have the experience of not worrying that the lights are paid and i get to have the experience of not having to worry about the grocery bill currently you know like we both get that feeling of control and that feeling of relief from the thing that
1: causes the stress. and that's real relationships which really should be a part of your DS. Your Mm -hmm. DS really can't, if you're living together, really can't just be all like fetish porn. Like that would be wonderful if that were a thing, but it isn't. Like in real life, you have to buy groceries and do laundry. Like that just is what it is. Unless you have Christian Grey kind of money and can send your laundry out and have your groceries delivered, somebody's got to go to the goddamn Piggly Wiggly. So, But even if you do, somebody's got to organize all of that shit too. And that's a service. Mm -hmm. It certainly is. Like I said, mm -hmm. getting our budget together because her finances were a complete mess, not because she didn't have money because she was bad at executive dysfunction. So like I literally was an executive assistant that lived in her house is what it was. And also like sexy things, but like that was a big part of the service that I provided because she um, was very, very smart, but she had like a nutty professor personality. So Mm -hmm. she was like very brilliant, not at all organized. And so like the Mm -hmm. house would not be cleaned if I weren't there or like there would be no food. when i when i met her her fridge didn't work it had been broken for quite some time and i was wow. like how are you living without a fridge and she's just like i just eat out every day and i'm like what the fuck so yeah like mm-hmm. <laughs> so like Damn. she started having home good meals and all these things so like you know but she made enough money to support both of us that's another thing i would love as a dominant to have a live in submissive someday but i would want to wait until i had enough money to support that Damn. um I would not move someone into my house if I didn't have enough, like with no expectation of them paying rent and bills, if I didn't have enough money to support that, because then things are going to get super stressful. Like, mm-hmm. that's not cool. And that person that moved in did not sign up for that. They were told that they didn't have to pay rent and bills and they were going to be a houseboy and whatever, whatever. So, before you get into those sorts of circumstances, make sure you as a dominant have got plenty of money and money saves up because you never fucking know how things are going to go.
0: Yeah. And I will say the houseboy fantasy is not as fun when you're paying 50, 50 bills. Like you got to really be sure
1: (laughs) that what you want is, yeah. Well, I mean, that's true. I I will say there are some folks that just really love domestic service. And for those folks, it is fun. But if you don't actually love domestic service, like if you don't actually like find joy in seeing all the dishes cleaned and put away and folding the laundry one at a time. Like if that's not like what makes you super happy, then it's going to be tough if you're also paying all the bills and you have to do all that shit. So like I have definitely lived with people that we were splitting the bills. Um, but they were doing most of the domestic service because that's what they wanted to do. Like it was, mm-hmm. th- there was a really cute night when we were, we had folks over for Thanksgiving and, um, one of the people we had over was also a service submissive and jumped up and offered to grab the dishes. And like my boy at the time was super hurt. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> like, Nobody else funny. does your dishes. And I'm just like, okay, all right, you can do the dishes. We don't have to fight about dishes. It's okay. Uh, so, you know, there are people that absolutely love that, but you know, they're pretty rare. So... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: they'll come to you the the
1: person who wants to do the dishes
0: will find you yeah
1: they will literally offer I have had folks offer to do my floors which is an absolute blessing you know they might want to wear something cute and frilly while they do it and that's fine and I love it um I've had folks speaking of executive dysfunction I had someone once um arrange all of my paperwork into a file folder that I still use to Mm. this day Because it was in like a bag and it was just a fucking mess. Like I had all the shit that I needed to have, but it was like, where is my insurance information? Where is my blah, blah, blah? And she literally just, and again, this is someone you need to be trusting, right? Because she was looking at all of my like social security number, bank information, blah, blah, blah. So you need to like trust whoever this is. But in one evening, she arranged all of it into a file folder that's neatly labeled. And now I know where to file my stuff and where to find my stuff so again I will tell you honestly like the folks who can make my life easier that have nothing to
0: do with sex or kink are usually mm -hmm. the the submissives that I remember the most like the ones who came and did something tangible like helped me organize something in my house like those that's sexiest hands down I don't care what the right
1: and like to me that's like motivation like Mm -hmm. I mean it's not that I don't think people are sexy on their own. You don't have to clean my house for me to find you sexy. But if you also clean my house and mm-hmm. you like clean my house wearing like a sailor shirt and like underpants. So I get to watch you like crawling around on the floor in that outfit, cleaning my baseboards.
0: <sighs> yeah. Some you of my best mean? memories like, were someone ugh. cleaning my toilet in that nice little outfit and I didn't have to clean it and they were happy to do it. Like
1: that's sexy as ugh. hell. I had someone once come to my apartment a long time ago and I had to go to work. And so I was like, I'm going to go to work. This is somebody that I knew. Again, don't leave someone in your house. Mm -hmm. You don't fucking know. This person had been my friend for like a long time. Um, And, you know, when you're a kinky person, sometimes your friends will come out to you and be like, I have this fantasy. And you're like, step into my office. So this person... so this person cleaned my house like entirely top to bottom and when I got home all of my floors smelled like oranges and Mm. they had taken my high heels and cleaned them all one at a time like properly so the plastic and lucite and like things were cleaned and lined them up by height order along the side of my baseboards in the in my bedroom and it was the sexiest fucking thing I'd ever seen oh
0: that's amazing
1: I was just like that is the sexiest image in the world and you are my favorite person right now and yeah yeah yeah, we can do butt stuff after this
0: (laughs) (sighs) absolutely but yes getting back to money (laughs) I think I think of money is just one of the many resources I have in a relationship and it's not that I have to give you all of my money but if I'm not willing to if if I don't if I'm not thinking about you to the point where when I'm in the store, I see things and I'm like, oh, they mentioned they want chapstick or, oh, they thought about this. Like if I'm not actively always thinking about Getting you things, then we're probably not in a relationship. Cause that's like the bare right. minimum relationship is like if I'm getting socks, I'm getting you socks. If I'm getting a slice of pizza, we're both eating pizza. Like, you know, right. and if and when I had multiple partners living with me, it was like I'm getting three slices of pizza. Like I was it's just mm-hmm. it was important that I wanted to do things and I would just spend my money, sometimes to my detriment. But I like yes. money is just one of those things that. I have to use to show people that I care because when you don't use it, it's painfully clear. Like people who don't.
1: So the the love language thing has been like sort of debunked, but like, I don't know. I think it's kind of useful. I would say Mm -hmm. that like gifts is probably one of your love languages, like outwardly going out anyway.
0: Absolutely. Because I think I love Mm -hmm. words too. I love, you know, affirmations and all that stuff. But like, if I've dated people, who would not buy me a drink? You know, I didn't no. realize that until we started dating because they don't spend money on others; mm-hmm. they only spend it on mm-hmm. themselves. And so, for me, it became important early on reciprocity in power exchange because mm-hmm. you know, as a switch, if you have a bo- if you're a bottom or the top or whatever you are, it's really easy to be taken advantage of. And so, reciprocity—people yep. who recognize that and who are constantly looking for ways to do something nice for themselves and others like you can't neglect mm-hmm. yourself but you also can't neglect this person that you want to you say you love that like you want to fuck me in the ass and throw me against a wall and i can't even get a goddamn sandwich you know like this shit don't make sense okay
1: like right so yeah I, I <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me well <laughs> and it's a real too, thing like it is a real thing and i think too that like you should be upfront if you like gifts, not to say like, I demand gifts, but like, oh, I love when people buy me little things or it's like super sweet when someone's out and see something and they, th- you know, it makes me think they thought of me. Like there are ways to bring that up that don't make you sound like you're demanding gifts. Like, I think it's really important for people to know that I dated someone that that was his love language and it mm-hmm. didn't have to be an expensive gift, just like little cute tchotchkes that I would find out and about would like make yeah. me completely happy. And it's not one of my love languages. I actually don't care if people buy me things. I have plenty of things on my own. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, There's probably a Beyonce lyric about buying my own shit, but that's pretty much how I am. If I want something, I buy it. And the Mariana Grande, I see it, I like it, I want it, I got it. I don't need you to buy mm. it for me. I've probably already bought it for myself. However if you buy something for me, great. I'm not going to be ungrateful. I'm just going to be delightful because of course she thought of me, but my love languages are acts of service and time. Mm. So I would much rather have someone come over to my house with like a bucket of chicken and lay on the couch and watch a movie with me. than I would have them, you know, take me shopping or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that alone time is wonderful. But that's and money like, as
0: well, too. It's just a different way yeah, of doing it. It's the money. Of it's really
1: valuable. Coming to see my time, you, the gas, the, all of it. Yes, my time is really valuable. And I think other people's time is really valuable. So if they spend that time with me in any capacity, I'm flattered. And if they spend that time with me in service, I'm just like smitten. Like mm-hmm. that is the closest thing to romance that I fucking experience. So yeah, I think it's important to kind of know these things, though, because if you have a partner where if you bought them a $5 pack of stickers, it would make their entire week, then buy the fucking stickers. Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. unless you're in very dire straits, in which case, be upfront with your partner about that and tell them, like, I saw these stickers and I wish I had enough money to get them for you. Like, you could say that. That's totally fine to say. Like, I saw this amazing I, Hello Kitty necklace, but it was like $30 and I just had to pay rent. You can totally say that. And that person would know what you thought of them.
0: I will say, though, a lot of power exchange relationships, yes, acts of service, but also gift giving. A lot of folks, mm-hmm. there's a, a expectation of either my top is going to give me things, maybe a collar, maybe some pretty things, or my Mm -hmm. bottom is going to present me with things because they think I'm cool or they're going to do things for me. So there is that constant like money wrapped up in power exchange. Going to these events are not cheap. Getting these outfits are not cheap, you know, like DS and power exchange relationships get, I spent And, and, you know, I would say I had my my person, my slave for like four years and I had to have spent easily 40 grand on that motherfucker over those four years. Had to, because you're talking about going places, they're living with me, we're eating together. And in my situation, I made more money than them. So I was like taking care of us together and they showed their service by having, you know, they had their job, but their job wasn't. Um, right. You know, supporting us. It was mostly just to maintain their bills and to not be completely draining everything on mm-hmm. me. But they were paying through their service with their time and things like that. But mm-hmm. yes, there was so much more money involved in having a slave, quote unquote, that people don't talk about. It's like you you're oh, like, yeah. don't actually throw them in the closet <laughs> like you do. Actually, right. have, You want a grown man in your house? That's grown man groceries. Mm-hmm. If they drink, those are, the then they're gonna continue to drink with you. So you're buying margaritas for two, you know? Like it, all this shit adds up. The yeah. sexy part is just one small component. But if you're not prepared to support another person somehow, even if it's not a hundred percent support, there's some supplemental support happening in order to maintain that relationship, which mm-hmm. gets into the next topic I wanna talk to sliding in, which is like money as a kink, And I think it's important to talk about that because when you talk about things like sugar daddy, sugar babies, when you talk about Fendom, when you talk about people who want to be humiliated through through financial abuse, that's a kink, like Mm -hmm. they're talking about money as hypothetical. They're not necessarily talking about the reality of money. So even if you get a hundred Three hundred, a thousand, whatever amount of money you may or may not, which usually people aren't getting lots of money. A lot of that also is the the fantasy now, of it.
1: I, I I will speak to the other side of that coin in just a minute. But finish your thought.
0: Um, so I'm gonna say, well, the one side I want to talk to you is the fantasy of money. So the fantasy of like giving money to someone. A lot of people will like talk to sex workers knowing they're never going to spend anything or they'll talk about I don't pay for porn Mm -hmm. or I don't pay for play I get it for free like this idea that you know you can talk about money as a kink but never actually have to spend it so being clear like like, for instance I used to have a client who would want me to call like who, who would want me to call him and tell him his social security number so the money is the kink right the idea that like Ooh, baby, I got your social, I could go online, I could get some bank credit cards, I could run up and ruin your life. Like, you know, the kink is the idea of the danger of the power of what it would be mm-hmm. if I had actually done this stuff. The reality of it is, I did not get a no whole lot of money from this man. Yes, I got some money, but it was not no bank credit card social type money. The, the, the kink was him thinking about the damage I could do with money. But the mm-hmm. reality of it was, even though there was some money exchange, it's, he, he's not, I'm not actually doing that. I'm not actually a scammer. And he doesn't even actually want that. He wants to talk about it. So mm-hmm. some people are going to talk about Sugar Daddy. Some people are going to talk about Fendom or whatever, but it doesn't mean they're actually giving you their money. And so I do yes. think some people are running around chasing this idea of the, the pay pig or some special person who's just a jackpot. And there's a lot of folks out there who will talk about it all day, but don't actually want that. So.
1: Absolutely. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about sugaring because Mm. that is another thing that A, has a lot of, you know, frankly, con artists from both sides, Mm. but especially Mm. men that just like don't actually have any money and don't ever plan to spend it on you. They just like yeah. talking to pretty girls and wasting their time. Um, so that's a thing. But there are some men out there that actually are sugar daddies. The thing you need to know about that is if you find one of these men, it's completely transactional. This mm-hmm. is not your boyfriend. This is mm-hmm. not someone that is in a relationship with you. Even if he wants things that look like relationships, like dates and vacations and smuggling. he actually is not in a relationship with you at all. He is paying a completely client for you. He's mm-hmm. a client. And I think a lot of sugar babies get a little confused when they start treating the people that are sugaring them as if they're in some sort of relationship and not just a client sex work relationship. They don't think of themselves as sex workers and they definitely are. Um, And I think the ones that are the most successful at it view themselves as sex workers and have good boundaries and act accordingly. But the ones that, you know, start acting like a girlfriend, basically, that's a turnoff for them. They don't want a girlfriend because that's why they're paying you. They want someone very pretty. that They don't have to think about when they're not in the room with them. Like they don't want your text messages. They don't want your whatever, whatever. They want you to be there when they are in town or when they come to see you. And then they don't want to think about you after that. And they're willing to pay for an apartment or an allowance or whatever so that they don't have to, like, maintain a relationship. And I think yeah. that's something to really keep in mind. You are not going to have emotional support from a sugar daddy. You're just fucking not. In no way. Zero times.
0: You're also not z- the only one. I don't care how. what he no, told you, You're probably of not course the first not. or the only one. A lot of you're them not have the two, first. You won't babies. be the last.
1: Mm -hmm. and and you might not last for very long so save that money invest it put it up somewhere don't just spend all of it right away anything that he gives you that's worth value put it up and make sure you know where it is in case you ever have to sell it like you should know that this is both transactional and temporary because they want young pretty girls they don't Mm -hmm. want the same girl for 20 years that's not going to be your life you're going to have this apartment for maybe one year some of, like you y'all keep
0: thinking the money is once you have it it's sure yours like if you give if he gives you a gift that is significant like diamonds or furs or sometimes they want that shit back or an apartment or whatever so you got to make mm-hmm. sure you find a way to keep it as yours in your name, if possible. But there was some girl um, telling her story online about how her sugar daddy got her a car. And then as soon as they broke up, he reported the car as stolen. So her shit got cold. Yep. She was stuck somewhere. And, you know, that's the end of her car. Like, she was riding yep. that thing around. She was making the payments on it and everything. But once it was done, he was like, nope, all of this shit is
1: done. So, yeah. So be aware that it is completely transactional. Like Mm -hmm. I I don't, and like you have to put in a lot more work than you would think. You know, you're literally like, it's like you're an actress. It's not like Mm -hmm. you're a girlfriend. It's like you're an actress playing the part of a girlfriend whenever he wants you to. That is extremely draining. It's very, very draining. So, and you know, it's not like sex work where you have anywhere for like like a half hour to maybe if someone's a big spender a weekend it's like you're doing this all the time whenever he wants you to it's very draining they don't like you any know, other relationships they don't like to hear boundaries they don't, yeah yeah
0: they don't want to know they, don't, they especially don't want to hear about your your
1: dude don't fucking mm-hmm. tell them about your other people that's not a thing so yeah you have to you are their perfect little doll baby that lives in a tiny yep. apartment they bought you so your be sexuality aware that that is...
0: doesn't matter you're just their toy yep. so they don't want to hear about
1: you being you are literally a toy them. You're a very mm-hmm. expensive toy that does not have political beliefs, does not have opinions. You know what I'm saying? Like you are literally mm-hmm. a wind up doll. So, and I, and again, even finding a man that will do that is rare. Most of the sugaring sites are just full of like wankers and con artists. So wankers, and
0: cheaters, be yeah. a
1: wankers, cheaters, con artists, you know, scammers that in a different direction. So be aware that it's much harder than it looks. It's not something you can just fall into. And if you are lucky enough to find someone that actually has money and wants to do it, it's not quite what you think. So... And you for know. anyone who's aware accepting money, it is acting. whether it's
0: a gift, if you're accepting money as a gift or accepting it for your work or whatever you're doing, be really clear with yourself and with this person what accepting that money means because people mm-hmm. will try to make it mean different things. It's like, this Absolutely. is for this date. This does not mean we're fucking. Or you could say, this right. money was a gift. I don't owe you shit, but you need to be clear so that you could protect yourself, because some people will use past gifts, they try to hold it on to you, make make you feel Mm -hmm. like you owe them something, but honestly, if you give me the money, I owe you what we agreed to before that, but I don't owe you anything additional, there's no refunds, none of that, it's dead.
1: Right, (laughs) like if you're, it, and, I, and I think to get back, to, you know, back up a little bit from sex work and get back into like DS relationships, if you are in a relationship giving gifts, those are gifts, like, mm-hmm. if you're borrowing money, then you need to make it really clear that that's a loan and when that loan will be paid back, which is good practice for any loan, you need an actual deadline and you need to stick to that deadline because that's how loans work. Um so if you're borrowing money back and forth, you need to be very clear about the terms and boundaries of that. It's not like I just borrowed this money from you and we live together I'm never paying it back. Like, that's not a thing. It's like, if you have to borrow money, which I don't recommend doing if you can avoid it, but sometimes it's unavoidable. I totally get it. I've been there myself. If you have to borrow money, make damn sure that they know when it's being paid back and that you hold yourself accountable to that, whether you're dominant or submissive, it does not matter. You need to make sure you keep that date. But anything else that is like, I'm giving you $20 or I'm giving you this gift. It's a gift. Don't ask for things back in a breakup or whatever. Like, that's just shit. Like, I don't understand that shit. I bought plenty of things for people that I'm not fucking with now. And I did not ask for that shit back. Like, I got my
0: collar back. (laughs) I did get my collar back. Collars are a little different.
1: Collars are different. I I take that back. I do have the collars from everyone that I've collared because Mm -hmm. that's a little different. That's not just a gift. That's a totally different thing, but like that's if it's a, like, like I bought you like the-
0: relationships over, like our marriage is over, like right. it's, my right it's like
1: <laughs> exactly. But if it's like yeah. I bought you a jacket or I bought you like. Of limited edition Funko Pop, I'm not gonna ask you to give that to me. Like, why? What? Come on. Like, I've known people that have done that, and dominance that have done that especially. And I think it's just incredibly sh- like, mm-mm, no, yeah, it's, you don't weird. look. It's you don't look cute when you do that shit. You do not look cute. Mm-hmm. And also, if you go around town talking about all the money you spent on that person, it's not a cute look. Just so yeah, y'all know. Yeah, but that's the
0: thing. When you give somebody something, you really don't know how it's gonna go. I mean, I had a mm-hmm. a, a slave, and they got a um, they got a uh, some body modification for me, and then now the story is they got it for a completely different reason. But that's not what I paid for, you know. Like that's not what actually happened. But the thing that we did that meant one thing, the meaning has changed and means something else completely, you know. So it's sure. Like, When you give someone something be it money be it time be it what have you it's like there's a risk to that um but that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing about power exchange it's like you can't take it back you just have to right grow from the experience and do something different the next time you know i'm not gonna lament yeah everything that went wrong and the investments i made in people the money investments I still feel like I got my money's worth because I'm the kind of person who did what I would do. Like I'm that type of person, mm-hmm. whether or not it worked well, I'm still the type of person who invests in the people that I love and care about. And that's what I get.
1: Right. It. I yeah. I have definitely spent money on folks and regretted it because some dumb shit has happened. But even in those situations, I once I spend money on someone, it's spent. Does that make sense? Like yeah, I, I don't see it as like, like it's done and like anything can happen from that point it's I've already spent the money it's done like it's it's a closed issue it's not like oh this didn't work out the way I wanted it to so now you owe me however much no like Mm -hmm. I told you I'd pay for your plane ticket to this event I paid for it it's done like it doesn't need to be some messy thing on the internet or whatever like I've seen that shit it's not cute um and that being said too whoever is spending this money to help someone get to an event to buy someone cute fetish wear to take someone to dinner whatever it it really is just like paying for someone's dinner on a vanilla date there's no Mm. expectation from that you are not entitled to sex and play because you've paid for this thing and if if the person changes their mind whether it's in a polite way or a completely fucking messy way which has happened to me in the past it's their, they are able to do that. It, it might make you think later, like this was super messy. I don't want to continue, but Mm -hmm. you're not entitled in that moment to say something like I paid for you to be here or I bought this outfit you're wearing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's a complete shit thing to do. Don't like, I don't care if you're the dominant or the submissive in that situation. Don't fucking do that. Like, the yeah. only people that you can pay for to have sex with and play with are sex workers. And they will tell you up front all the boundaries around what's about to happen so that you're real fucking clear, right? And so, they like, can still if leave you your not- ass too. Oh, sure. Absolutely. They can change your fucking their fucking mind too. But like you have a much higher success rate with that shit if you're real up front with a sex worker saying I've given you X amount of money for these activities that we both agreed to. Okay, we have an hour. Like if that's what you want to do, then do that. That's a great way to use your money. But like people that are not sex workers especially don't like they have not negotiated that you absolutely will do these things. Or even if they negotiated that they're gonna try these things, how kink works is that people can just decide not to do things at any given point. Yeah, That's actually how all sex and kink works. So, you know, I would encourage people that are paying for things to keep that in mind. And I would mm-hmm. really encourage people that are accepting these gifts to also keep that in mind. Because mm-hmm. if you feel like you have to do something because someone's paid for something, That's not actually the case. And it's much better in most cases for you to say, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. Or, you know, I thought this was going to be what I wanted. But, you know, can we maybe take a break? Or can we talk about doing something different? Like, it's going to end in a much better either scene or relationship or outing or whatever it is you're doing. It's going to end much better if you are upfront about that rather than if you force yourself to do something you didn't want to do.
0: I agree with that. And I would say the last thing I would really want people to think about is that there's not really a way you can have a kink relationship that's not going to cost you money. Even if you're the one who is the baby that is being cared for, even the pillow princess or whatever term you want to use, even those people are paying to maintain that mystique. Like there's usually, if you're a kept person, there's a look you have to be doing. And that look is usually so, not cheap.
1: It's not. <laughs> and even even if the person you're with is paying for that part of it too, mm-hmm. you still are spending a lot of time, effort and energy. Like when I was a kept girl, I didn't have a day where I could just rock up in some like fucking old holy sweatpants. Like that was not a thing, you know? Like there was a certain way that I needed to look. And you know, Certain things that she preferred to see me in, and all that sort of thing. So, you know, be aware that like it's an actual commitment. It's not just like you laying around and occasionally getting to have sex. That's not really what it is. Um, no,
0: it's hard. It's like if, it's like strippers have to keep up the hair and the nails mm-hmm. and the whatever. You know, like it, like you said, even if somebody's paying for it, you're still the one going to these appointments and doing the work
1: to get mm-hmm. that
0: done. It's not like that's time, energy out of your life.
1: Absolutely, you and like. Some people are a full-time job. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Like it's true. My ex that I lived with for so long was a full-time fucking job. And mm-hmm. like, like I said, the middle of my day could turn into complete chaos if she called from work and had a thought. And mm-hmm. that was what we negotiated, and that was my life. And I was actually quite good at it. But it was you like you needed to know that that was the expectation, right? Like you needed to not have had plans that can't be changed because too bad you're now learning how to make spanakopia today that was actually mm-hmm. a fucking thing that happened to me Jackie
0: you don't she have to explain that to me like listen,
1: <laughs>
0: okay like I don't know how many whenever you talk to like people who are in real 24-7 relationships they're like I had to learn how to make this kind of pasta because master likes to eat this or you know it's a winter and I had to go find a farmer's
1: market like no what? no let me tell you like so here's the thing I have said before and I'll say again, autistic people are magical and wonderful and I love all of you so much. But also sometimes y'all are autistic at us and that's okay. Um, I I have some things going on with me too, some ADHDs. So some I know sometimes I'm ADHD at you all, it's fine. Definitely she was somewhere on the spectrum because the day I learned how to make spanakopita, it was because the place where she worked had served it for lunch and she wanted it again for dinner. <laughs> I literally had like three hours to learn how to work with filo pastry. Jackie, I'd never even seen it before.
0: Listen, how much of consensual slavery is learning some obscure meal that your <laughs> abdomen wants to eat and you have two hours to either go get it made or create it yourself? Like, I'm,
1: it's so it's ridiculous. Could you all please that are listening to this DM one of us with this meal that you've learned to make? Tell me what it was because I want to commiserate with y'all. <laughs> tell me, or if you're a dominant that's done this unreasonable shit, tell me what you told them to fucking make. Tell me what you had a craving for in the middle of the goddamn day, and you called them and said, "I need you to drive two hours to the only checkers in town, or whatever." Like, tell me what it is you did because I want to know. I can't. Fucking I learned wait for this. spinach quiche because mm-hmm. it's always they fucking just spinach, wanted- isn't it?
0: It's always fucking spinach. I learned spinach <laughs> quiche because my leather mom at some point was just like, I love this and you're going to learn how to make it because sometimes I want mm-hmm. it, but I don't want to make it. And so I'm like, okay, so it's like I can make a spinach quiche out of
1: nothing right now. I don't even need all the ingredients. I can pull it out of my oh, ass yeah. Because I'm, I'm so good, good with phyllo pastry quiche. now. I learned how to make <laughs> I'm like, like a fucking job because it actually was my fucking job, Jackie. It was my fucking job to learn how to make that fucking shit and I figured it out. I figured yeah, it out. It was, I yeah, was on I can YouTube make a, like, apparently I have to squeeze the spinach. It was a fucking mess. It was a
0: fucking disaster, can, Jackie.
1: Bitch, <laughs> I'll make you a spinach quiche when I come over, okay? Because
0: I'm good at it now. We'll even use the fake eggs. I know you can't have the real eggs, but we'll, God we'll bless. I'll make you some. Yeah, girl, I got that shit can't wait. I yes, literally can't wait. It's literally the superpower that all submissive people learn is like some weird obscure meal that your dominant wants a specific way, and everyone Mm -hmm. you'll have to learn to. If you have a a dinner, you cook for everybody else, and then you bring out your dom's meal, which is like on a separate plate, and. Some sort of weird, specific thing that nobody else wants except them. That's and the I'm
1: telling you, ice. and I know that you know this too. When you accomplish it, though, you get this nailed it feeling that you yes. did this weird, fucked up nonsense that is completely absurd to anyone with a rational brain. But in your submissive <laughs> brain, you were like, "I learned how to make spinocopia, and it was fucking delicious." You're welcome. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I did put I did put shrimp in
0: it this time. You tasted the fresh, You like that too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <You're> like- <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and that's the real truth of DS relationships. It's just like this hyper awareness of like household chores and like the various moods and attitudes of your person to the point where mm-hmm. you can almost like you learn them so well. Sometimes you can work, you can you can regulate them before they can regulate themselves. You just learn so well. It, you're just like
1: you need. And I will things. say you, it. It goes both ways as well. I will say Mm. that like it it goes both ways because I've had some misses where I'm like I order you to stop because you are clearly sick and I don't understand why you're vacuuming right now. (sighs) I need you to lay down. I need you to go (laughs) to bed immediately. Like you have a fucking fever. This is not okay. Like Mm. it goes both ways. You can like send like this person was not telling me they were sick, but they were definitely sick, and I was like, come here no turn off the vacuum get over here what the hell you are so hot go to bed like it's just <laughs> <laughs> and speaking so, of yeah, the
0: money I, thing like i've definitely had some misses where they didn't want to tell me that they needed something or because they felt some kind of way mm-hmm. da, 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 da. so i have to be like paying attention enough to be like here's what you need take care of it like da da, da, da. like we have to ease each other's yes.
1: mind about that you know and so, you know, dominance, you can fix a lot of executive dysfunction things by just assigning stuff. It's amazing. If you have to make a budget for yourself, just for yourself, it's like a scary thing. But if your dominance says you're going to make a personal finance budget and I want it by the end of the week, suddenly you're a goddamn financial genius. You've gone to college for it. You have a master's degree and you work for the fed. Like suddenly <laughs> you have you know accountability even at the top or bottom, having
0: that accountability is helpful.
1: Well, and again, it's that absurd, like I was assigned to do this thing. That's a huge task, like outwardly speaking, it's a huge task, but since I've been Mm -hmm. assigned to do it, I want to nail it and I want to get it done. So like just that you can, you can really affect a lot of change in a good way for how submissives, you know, plan their money, spend their money, get shit done. Um, It's, it's, surprisingly easy to do just make some assignments happen and you know hold them accountable for you know certain things and it's a complete turnaround a lot of the time it really is. follow um, through
0: is the biggest part, though. If you make the budget, you have to go back and check right. the budget. However many times y'all said you were going to do it, if it's once a week or whatever, like you have to do that part or else the budget is just meaningless.
1: So. Absolutely, yeah. But also, like you can set them up for success. You can get like the automatic payments they were always afraid to do set up. You can, like, I want that set up by tomorrow and you're going to show me your bank app and show me the payments set up to the electric company and the water company and then three months from now they're going to be like you know what i haven't worried about a utility in like three months like yeah because you know when they're going to come out of your account and they come out of your account the end yeah you're welcome you know so there's a lot of effective change that you can do um and and it's it's something that you can help with it, you know we talked a lot about submissives running everything which to be honest, happens more often than we'd like to think. But really? um, <laughs> as a dominant, you can also, as a dominant, you can also help out in that way too, while still maintaining the DS, um, which is really a nice thing. Uh, I would I, say the I number one. That... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say the
0: number one way that I feel like a person is an actual dominant is if you care about my money management. If you don't care how I spend money, that's a red flag for me. Even if I'm spending it not on you, if you just know that I'm making irresponsible money decisions and you don't ever right. chime in or check, that to me is like you're a scammer because now you feel like maybe I'm irresponsible, maybe I'll spend money on you. Like That's how you can tell like a findom real one from like a scammer because a real fin dom doesn't want all your money they want your regular access to your money like they want right. you to keep your job so that way you can keep paying them they don't want you to right. lose your house because then you're no good to them like a real mm-hmm. fin dom might say I have an allowance every month. What what is the tribute that you can afford? And then you can decide, literally, what you can afford to give them. And they'll they will take that. And yes, they may encourage you to increase or do other things later. But they're not trying to make you a poor person. Bankrupt.
1: Yeah, like that's that a fantasy. They're gonna whisper into the phone that they're gonna bankrupt you because that makes you super exactly. hard. But they're Excellent. not actually trying yes. to bankrupt you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you have a Femdom who's asking for specific amounts of money and doesn't care what your paycheck amount is, because the, the Femdoms that I know, they're like, okay, what well, do you get paid? Okay. So from that, what can you afford to give me? Like you tell me what you can give me. And if you can't tell me a no number, then you're not ready for this. You can go. Exactly. If,
1: exactly. If you can give you me a number, if it's $50, practically.
0: Exactly. If you're gonna need do fifty dollars every two weeks, then here's my. I'll take my fifty, and you can talk to me exactly this long, and then you can talk to me again when you have your next tribute or whatever the arrangement is. You know, but like it's not. Give me your whole paycheck. Give me everything. Give me your credit card. Give me. Your, it's not that. And even the doms I know who have a credit card from their slave or submissive, they usually say something like, "Hey, I'm gonna use the credit card now. Do you have an mm-hmm. issue with me spending?" on this card today, because even if I have a budget, things happen. I don't know necessarily if it's cool every single time to spend $400. So I would still say something up front versus fucking up somebody's credit and then them getting mad and cutting the card off. And then I can't use it anymore. Like it's a symbiotic relationship. Like you're working together. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the number one way you can tell if they're not actually a real like caring about you dominant is if they don't care mm-hmm. about your financial situation
1: at all. Well, so I said it before, my, I feel that my job as a dominant is to make people's lives better. And mm-hmm. if I don't care about all the aspects of their life, including how they spend money and like their finances and setting themselves up for future success, I'm not doing a very good job. Right. Absolutely. Like, and some of the best dominants I've ever had have given me financial advice. Which sounds yep. weird to say, and like it sounds like I, I I totally get that like we are taught. Especially in the Western world, not to discuss money. Like, Mm -hmm. we're taught not to bring it up. We're taught not to get up into people's business. We're taught not to share our business. We're taught to be ashamed if we don't have a lot of money. We're taught to be kind of ashamed if we have a lot of money. There's no way to win, right? Like, there's no good way to talk about money. So, like, you just have to talk about it like you would talk about going to the doctor, right? So, like, the same way you would go to the doctor and be like, between my legs, I have something itching. I need this stress. That's the kind of energy you need to bring to talking about money, especially if you're trying to have like a hard conversation about how to get your finances in order. So all of my the like best dominance that I've had have been able to sit down and talk about money back and forth in this very like calm, clinical fashion, be like, here's what we have, or here's what you have. You know, mm-hmm. what are your goals? What are the bills you have to pay? You know, how short are you every month? How can we, you know, make this balance? Or how much extra do you have every month? Are you saving it? Or are you spending it on dumb shit? Let's mm-hmm. balance this so that you have some savings and some dumb shit money. You know what I mean? Like there, everyone that I've been able to really respect has been able to do that with me, both the dominant and the submissive, really. And I can tell yeah. a lot about how mature a submissive is by how they can talk to me about money. Because yeah, if they get sure. weird about money, it's not a great sign for their maturity levels right like if they can't talk to me about money either the lack of it or like sitting down and planning a budget or whatever if they can't talk to me about money then now i'm worried that there's other grown-up stuff that you won't be able to talk to me about
0: i agree and i would say for folks who don't have a lot of money if you're like hearing this and you're thinking oh I don't have a lot of money. Can I not be in a DS relationship? We're not saying that necessarily, but we are saying that making wise choices with money will be helpful. If you're in an arrangement and y'all are both, you know, not making a lot of money, then your job is going to be to save money or
1: to Mm -hmm. to make make... a budget that balances.
0: Exactly. Keep your expenses low. Believe me, I know.
1: Keep Mm -hmm. like, so here here's some some handy tips because i certainly did not have a comfortable home on me for m- many of the years i was doing ds many of them mm-hmm. um so some helpful tips from both sides of the slash submissive learn to cook period mm-hmm. learn to fucking cook period end of story and don't learn to cook like foodie new york city bistro shit learn how to cook like meals that will last mm-hmm. right like somebody in your life knows how to make a roast pollo figure it out. Like learn how to cook shit that's pennies on the dollar and will last for three days. That's Mm -hmm. tip number one, because food is one of the biggest stressors when you don't have a lot of money. And if you can save money from your food budget, it takes the worry off of things like rent and utilities. That's tip number one. Tip number two for dominance is again, you can assign things that are gifts that don't cost money. So that your submissives Mm. feel like they're giving you things, but they don't cost you any money. So for example, one year, both the people I was dating were super just in the red financially and it was Christmas and they were both super like worried because they couldn't afford a Christmas present or like a good one or anything. And I said, you know what? I'm assigning you two are not allowed to get me a Christmas present. You two must make me a Christmas present. Mm. So it can be like a drawing, it can be something you put together, it can be, but you know, and again, gifts are not my love language. So like something that was hand drawn was like so much sweeter to me and so much more yeah. special. Like, I'm not seeing that as like a kindergarten teacher that thinks all the kids' drawings are special. I mean, like really the fact that they made, and then like, so my girl made me a drawing and my boy at the time made me a coupon book of like little servicey things that he could do that didn't cost any yeah. money like here's a coupon to massage your feet here's a coupon to do your dishes here's a coupon to whatever and that's like so cute right so like Such you an can, age play thing too right Like that totally, totally was it was an age play Christmas so it's totally an age play thing it was absolutely an age play thing so it was super cute to open that up on Christmas morning and my little boy had like made all these little hand-drawn cute-ass coupons that were just so precious so and my little girl had drawn me something which was also super super sweet so yes you can again alleviate the stress as a dominant by assigning things um and also like being firm like tonight's tonight we sit down and look at this budget tonight's tonight we sit down and figure out whether we can afford to rent this apartment we're looking at, whatever. Like mm. as dominant, you have to stack up and put on the grown-up pants first sometimes. And that's just how it is. Um, but if you say in the top, the domly Lee Dom voice, Tuesday night, money, it's happening, get uncomfortable, meet me in the kitchen, then it's going to happen, right? You're not mm. gonna keep avoiding it and it's not gonna keep spiraling. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, and again, submissive, learn any type of service that you can. So you can help your dominant that has, you know, body pain by learning basic massage. They don't have to pay for something, you know, you can help. Your um, femme dominant by learning how to paint nails and toes and how to like do cuticles and stuff. You might not be as great as the salon, but that is like something that she can't afford, but it'll make her feel super fancy if you do it at home. So, like, these are the things that are like you can definitely be in a DS relationship with no type of money. Because, again, I did it for a long time <laughs> and we would all eat meals together because that's all what we could afford. Like, I would be making like one chicken and a big pot of rice because that's what we had for food. So it's totally I will possible. say
0: one thing off of this too is that a lot of the things we're talking about, like if you're, if you're a service person and you're looking for that experience but maybe you don't have a dom right now, it's like finding a dom or a top in the community that you just respect. You don't, they don't necessarily have to be your forever person, but you can serve the community by helping certain people in the community. Like we used to have... Um, the submissives and slaves who would come over and help um, my leather mom doing her uh her lawn or doing little odd jobs Mm -hmm. around and she wasn't their mistress but they still got the experience of like getting dressed up and doing nice things and so they got to have a lot of the the fun parts of having a mistress without having to be in a deep relationship with one and then she got to have the benefits of some service without having to have anyone collared it's like y'all can just be friends and it can be a power exchange for the purpose of mm-hmm. specific experiences or or tasks and whatnot and then you both get kind of the benefits of both without having to absolutely have a huge commitment so a lot of subs I know just help out mistresses that they know in a community with little odd jobs they get to have the fun sexy scene But yeah you gotta you know rake some leaves or something (laughs) you know
1: exactly Um, yeah yeah. and i and i just i really also think like there are some people out there that only want to dominate with money and only want to submissive with money you can pretty much tell who those people are within like 10 minutes of talking to them and i will say that it is much more rare to run into that in the queer community Mm -hmm. it just is it's yeah. much more rare. Like you we just, have less money in general. We're generally like right. working together somehow
0: to make it work because-
1: We have less money in the, general- Especially the femmes and, po- and the women and all those. They, mm-hmm. we, there's less money on the dollar.
0: <laughs> We're not keeping it. Right, we have way. less to
1: go around. And also yeah. we don't idolize the rich in the queer community. Let I'm not the queer leather community. Like To a certain extent, the men's community definitely does. But if you're not hanging out in the men's community, generally speaking, we don't really idolize the rich, like, we just don't, so, yeah. you know, people are gonna be teaching, you know, classes on how to make toys from the dollar store, people are gonna be teaching classes on how to use your hands and feet, and not any toys at all, you know, people are gonna be totally understanding if they're, like, we're all going out to dinner afterward, and you're, like, I don't have any money, just say it, and they're just gonna be, like, oh, that's cool, you can just eat appetizers off our plate, or whatever, like, people just don't, have the same hangups around not having any money they actually get much more uncomfortable if you do have money to be honest yeah (laughs) people are like people are like you have a suite at this conference that's fucking weird you know what i mean like like Mm. like a whole suite of hotel rooms is yours like weird like what like so yeah um don't feel like you can't jump into the leather community if you don't have money for sure especially if you're queer if you're straight as well there are all stripes of people in the het pan leather community so yeah. don't feel like there's not a place for you don't feel like just because you can't afford all the cool toys and pieces of flair that you can't be in the leather community you absolutely can we'd love to have you like like we talked about in earlier episodes people will give you shit and there will be auctions mm-hmm. to be had so keep your eyes out for cheap shit um but even if you can't afford the cheapest of shit, if you show up in jeans and a black t-shirt, you'll fit in. So, <laughs> so don't be afraid thing, to come out.
0: The main thing I just want folks to know when we're talking about power exchange and money is that like it's not unreasonable to have money expectations and that you should negotiate that along with everything else when you're talking about yes. STDs and monogamy versus poly versus whatever. When you're having all those conversations, you can also say, My expectation is whoever I serve is gonna take care of me financially as well. Like I want that to be built into this or my expectation of whoever serves me is that I am gonna have a time commitment and a money commitment. Like I would like to be taken care of a certain way. One of your jobs may be keeping my hair and nails up or whatever the thing that you want. If you expressly state that even if it's not something they can do right then they know that that's something that your expectation is to work towards. And I will say there yes. are a lot of folks who maybe they only have a certain amount of money in the beginning of the relationship and then that can increase as mm-hmm. the relationship gets more serious. So you're not obligated to give anyone your whole check after five months of being there submissive. But if you were looking for 24 seven long-term, then it may be something that comes up depending yep. on the kind of relationships y'all, y'all want to set up. So there's not really a wrong way to do it. It's just being clear about it. And when we're not clear is when that, that, that world of financial abuse becomes really real. Um, not having access to money or not having money at all, or being denied access to money, um, is one of the ways a relationship can become abusive very quickly. And so, Oh yeah, absolutely. We just have to let people know that they, that's something they'll be aware of.
1: I want to say like, Talking about money too takes the power out of it, right? Like it takes the anxiety out of it. It sounds counterintuitive, but like if you don't talk about it and you just let it kind of fester, like we don't have enough for rent, what are we going to do? And no one's talking about it, or um, there's a vacation coming up, I don't know if I'm expected to put in for this hotel room or whatever. If you don't talk about it, it's super anxiety producing. But if you just sit down and have a frank conversation about like where you are and what we're doing and what the expectations are you know, you'll know. And that takes all the power out of it and it takes all the anxiety out of it. If you sit down with someone and say, we're going on a trip, do you need me to go have these on this hotel room with you? Your dominant might say, no, I got it. Or they might say, yeah, that'd be great. And you know what your budget is now, Yeah, right? Like before that, you were like, afterward, are they going to ask me for half of this expensive hotel room, right? Yeah. And that's anxiety producing. You don't know what you could spend. You don't know, you don't know. So- It's important. And paying for the hotel is not dominant.
0: Paying for the item is not dominant, nor is it submissive. It's just the arrangement. Like Some submissives pay more, some doms pay more. Like That's
1: the arrangement. It's what people feel comfortable with and what makes them happy. Because sometimes it does make me happy to pay for a hotel room for someone. Because Mm -hmm. I like hotel rooms, I'm bougie as fuck. And so if I'm visiting someone as a dominant and I want to be having some sort of sex with them potentially, again, it's not a guarantee. Yeah, I'm gonna pay for a hotel room So I wanna make sure we have a nice hotel room. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, these are things, but you know, if it were a different circumstance, maybe I would have a partner that wants to stay in a different hotel room. Like it's it's all about what makes people comfortable. So for example, yeah. I met um, someone that used to be a dominant of mine. We still play together on rare occasions. and since we had been in a relationship for quite a while, I knew his habits and I knew his likes and dislikes. And so I booked the hotel room from the S side of the slash. I paid for it because I wanted to, it was a gift, but I, I also picked a hotel that aesthetically he would like. Mm -hmm. It it would not have been my choice for a hotel because it was very daddy colors, like dark wood, Mm. you know, angles, espresso machine on the counter, you know, very like business daddy, but like, and I would have picked like a frilly bed and breakfast. So like, (laughs) but you know, I knew that that was what he would have wanted. And like, I also booked this dinner reservations at a, a restaurant that he would have liked. So like, again, as a submissive, you can also spend money if you want to, as if it's a gift and that's something that you want to do. So, you know, it's all about what makes you happy and what makes you, what you can afford first and foremost, and also what makes you happy. So if you can't afford it, don't fucking don't. Just be upfront about it and say, I don't have it. And if you can't afford it, but it's not making you happy, don't fucking do it. Like don't do things that make you unhappy because you think that's how it's supposed to go. Again, have a conversation, even if it's difficult.
0: And the priorities of what, is most important should always be shining through. If I find out you're spending your rent money on me, I'm going to be pissed. Yes. Like, I'm going to be mad I'm,
1: as fuck. I don't
0: want that responsibility of you being homeless now because you thought I needed a, a PlayStation five.
1: I don't know. Right. Whatever. Like it's there's not no, that. there's no food in your house. Cause you went to take me to get my nails and toes done. What is wrong with you? Like,
0: yeah, absolutely not.
1: Like, no, I don't want that. So again, if you don't have it, you don't fucking have it. And it's, really lovely to say to someone I wish I could do xyz or I saw this thing and wished I could have got it for you because then they still know you're thinking of them but you're Mm -hmm. also being realistic and you're not putting yourself in negative bank balance so that you can buy this thing you saw or take them out to dinner like that's not necessary. The last two
0: things I wanted to bring up which I guess is the same thing is um, if you're the kind of person who likes receiving gifts making a gift list is good because folks don't want to have to guess what the fuck to get you when they finally do have money. That's so so stressful. Um, And the other thing is, I remember Mama Vi used to tell me she used to have a boy book that had a list of all of her people that she like took care of their favorite colors, favorite foods, gift ideas for them. You know, like anytime she thought, oh, so and so might like this, she would write it in her book. So then she just mm-hmm. had this ongoing list of things that I could get you when I get around to it. So she never had to like figure out what's the g- and they were little things, big things, things that she can get more than once, things she can only get once. So it's just the and, idea of folks who need ideas.
1: You there can is a your own and- list. And opposite side of the slash, there is something called a butler's book that mm. you can, if you're a submissive, that's super into personalized, like high levels of service, Google butler's book. They are literally what the butler used to keep of everyone's predilections in the house. Mm-hmm. So you can make one of those for your dominant, so that you know, you know, when you're out at a bar, here's what she likes for a martini. Here's what she likes for a hard drink. Here's what she likes for a wine with Mm -hmm. fish here's what she likes for wine with steak here's what she likes for wine with dessert you know what i'm saying like you can literally have all of these nitpicky tiny little details and so if you are going to do something special it's right there in the book Um, it's also helpful for dominance that if you're in a situation where even though they're technically paying for it you're the one running to the bar to get the drinks they don't have to tell you what they drink you just know and you can take the money they slipped you or the card in your name and go get the drink that you already know they're going to like. So these yeah. are things that are very helpful to have. I highly recommend starting a butler's book if you're in a serious DS relationship with somebody. Um, and it's especially helpful if you're in a DS relationship with multiple people because then you can keep their shit straight because God help you if it's you bring true. the wrong drink to the wrong dominant. God, or if you're just help poly, you.
0: god help you like if you're poly and right. don't have a good memory knowing your girlfriend likes this and your boyfriend likes that like can really make your life easier so your butler's book can
1: that. be in a google sheet i know how you all poly people feel about google sheets mm-hmm. if you don't want to carry a physical little notebook around with you like a nerd you can have it in your phone you can have google sheets for all of your partners and dominance and whatever's predilections your submissives allergies whatever like don't serve me a quiche for breakfast yeah. please and that's <laughs> the, like the cool level of like predictive like like pr- predictive um, service was, i love it predictive anticipatory service, service.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah anticipatory so- service
1: where like the dominant is like standing there having a conversation and you appear like magic with the exact type of martini that they love mm-hmm. even Before though it's a they a weird knew, they were thirsty. one thirsty
0: before they even knew exactly. they wanted it like yeah. yeah like you just saw them smack their lips and you're like they're thirsty and it's martini mm-hmm. o'clock so let me just go get their drink ready or something like
1: exactly yeah, that's really you cool. just are in you just are suddenly next to them with a lemon drop or lime drop if they know how to make it and you're just like wow you asked if they had lime juice extra boy points you know what i'm saying so like these are. i
0: have a friend who's like that it's not even a ds but she's just so in tune to people that she's like you're thirsty you're hungry let's go like the food's there
1: probably is latent submissive and just needs to take that plunge
0: i mean she's a switch but
1: anyway oh (laughs) See, there you go. There you go. Well, there are some people that just have that personality. And even if they don't have a dominant or their dominant's doing something else that night, they're still running around helping people because that's just who they are. So Yeah, yep. there's
0: definitely a lot of like folks who are um service oriented, who are not submissive, they just love serving others. And so they'll just get a mm-hmm. kick out of knowing what you like is your favorite thing or having your favorite snack. Like they, yeah
1: totally i am very much that way as a mommy very much that way like i i remember to this day that my girl from like 10 years ago didn't like marshmallows like i'm very much that way as a mommy like literally i I, i just love that i love like nailing the perfect gift for somebody making their food that's like their favorite remembering that they you know this one likes mushrooms but that one doesn't like all the things. So like, I absolutely am like that as a mommy and it doesn't make me submissive. I just really like details and really like spoiling people when I feel that they're good.
0: I don't really do it with food because food is so weird and everybody has their own things about food and I'm not going to get, I just don't care enough about making food a specific way. Like I'll provide (laughs) food for everyone. And if you're, you know, allergies or vegan or whatever, I'll provide the right food. But food gets so specific and weird. And some people are so traditionalist that, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't do that for food, but I will do that for like massages. So if I ever Mm -hmm. rub someone's feet, that's like such a fun service for me because then I get to see them relax and I'm like rubbing your foot. And usually I'm like doing that deep tissue, like the massage that most people when they give you a foot massage, it's just like a bullshit. I'm gonna rub your foot a couple of times, but I'm like trying to get in there, you know, cause I know mm-hmm. that's the good shit. I'm also low key a foot person. So I, you know.
1: <laughs> you, all can I like be, you all can be super jealous because I got one of these foot massages after a trip to Disneyland and it was amazing.
0: Oh my goodness, you know what I'm saying? Like I just love, some feet for me are just sort of like this way of connecting with people because I'm not grossed out by them. Like if they stink, you just wash them. Like it's not that big a deal, their feet. Like most of the nice. time it's just people are tired and no one ever touches your foot unless they're trying to fuck you. So mm-hmm. having someone who would just make your foot feel good, uh, it's such such a great service for people. And to be able to do it, and even though I enjoy it sexually, to know how to rub a foot, that still feels good sensually, but I'm not trying to fuck you. So you get the benefits of the sensual and the massage without feeling like there's a creep rubbing into my body right now. Because mm-hmm. I've had some weird foot massages before where I'm like, yeah. no, thanks. I'd rather put on, put my shoes back Super on and good. hobble home.
1: we <laughs> good on this super good yeah. on this Think so yeah anyway, you know, just like that it. service
0: thing yeah but anyway i think we're reaching the end of our time yes. i just want to make sure did we miss anything about money and power exchange that we feel like would be a good conclusion?
1: i don't think so i think my main takeaway is don't be afraid to talk about money or do be afraid but do it anyway like yeah. You might be afraid. It might make you really fucking nervous, but do it anyway because it has to get done whether you have a ton of money and you're making wills and power of attorney and whatever or whether you're, you know, have enough to make it but need to still budget or whether you're, like, worried about it because there's not a lot to go around. You have to talk about money. It just has to be yeah. done. My last thing for the FEMS
0: is if someone gives you money and you feel comfortable taking it, then just be clear about what the money is for. If it is for you know, from a client or as a gift, be clear about that so that later on, no one can ever make you feel like you owe them something. I don't care how much fucking money they gave you. You do not owe them shit. You know, I was talking to a mistress I know and her slave bought her the house and, you know, handed her the deed. But she still does not owe this person anything because they bought this house, you know, like Mm -hmm. that was a gift, a choice that y'all made. So I just know folks get caught up sometimes when someone gives them a gift or money or an opportunity or experience or a trip, they feel like they're caught up in it. And no matter what role you are, you know, if it's a gift, it's a gift, be able to own that. And if it really gets sticky, you can either put that shit down, walk away from it, or say, you gave me this i'm i've moved on you need to move on as well too but don't ever feel like Mm -hmm. someone can hold you with money and you know it's just it's a resource like any resource it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. own you
1: and i i would say that you should value it the same way that you value your service that you value your, Mm. you know, sex that you can offer, that you value anything else in the relationship. I would really encourage you to think of money as just another aspect and not like a be-all end-all.
0: Absolutely. Because even if they have a lot of money, sometimes it's still not worth it. So you still have to decide Really, what's
1: worth it. Ask any sex worker on the fucking planet. There Mm. is always a client where you're just like, you know the fuck what?
0: (laughs) I tell you what, if you this get daddy warbucks. If you get daddy mm. warbucks, he probably has something real specific and weird that yeah, no matter what he's paying you, you're gonna feel like it wasn't enough.
1: <laughs> right. Or like oh. or like just people that think they can cross boundaries and offer more money. Like there's trust me, mm. sex workers have heard and seen it fucking all. So money does not buy you people.
0: No, um isn't.
1: and you just you need to realize that and there needs to be a point where if you need to walk away from the money make that choice and don't hesitate
0: and that's why having your own having access to your own even for relationships that y'all been together for years and years I still advocate everyone having access to money that does mm-hmm. not require the other person or at the very least you yep. both have access to the same you know amounts of maybe not exact amounts but you both have access to A a significant way of getting out—freedom. Money is freedom if you need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of folks in abusive relationships now, and if they had five thousand dollars, they wouldn't be that with that person anymore.
1: Absolutely, like five thousand dollars is a life-changing amount of money for a lot of people. So, like, think about it. Think about whether or not you are in a position to leave. If you give this person all of this access like do you have money put away somewhere else do you have resources like family and friends that can help you if not and you're not 100 percent sure about that you're making a pretty big risk
0: yeah and just like ds can be wonderful and full of love just like divorce you know them things can get ugly right? fast and you have no protections
1: nobody when they get married (laughs) right nobody when they get married thinks i'm gonna definitely be divorced in three years or five years but like you know what i'm saying like nobody gets married with that intention no one would spend the amount of money on a wedding you know what i mean so so this is what i'm saying like you might think that your dominant is the best person in the whole world and you've been together for five years and now you're finally signing over your bank accounts because it's a fantasy that you've had but nobody thinks they're gonna get divorced either
0: yeah. So she gets ugly real fast. Once my marriage was about to end, they went to the bank the next day. I was broke 24 wow. hours later.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: Stuff gets nasty real fast. And mind you, these are people who say they love you forever. Da 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 da. da mm-hmm. You know? When I, I had a DS relationship, that motherfucker took money from me too, you know, like rent money. Not like wow. you know, so you this person dedicated themselves to me branded themselves all this stuff but then when money came up they made other decisions money is one of the Mm -hmm. things that will end a lot of relationships So having these conversations is really important
1: And also, you know, I know I gave some tips about how dominance can like prompt people to talk about money. But if you're doing all the prompting all the time, again, when the relationship ends and you're no longer there to do the prompting, the money's gonna get fucking weird immediately. Like literally immediately. So.
0: Yeah, with with clients, it's like they're paying me and they're getting a service or an experience. With relationships in general, we should be putting money up for each other in different ways. Even if it's not the same amounts, mm-hmm. we should be putting money towards the relationship in different ways. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how that looks yep. is
1: what we absolutely, thought.
0: yeah, yep. Okay. Well, if y'all want to send us some money, we will definitely take it. because you love us so much and you're getting so much good good from these podcasts and uh that's how I feel about it and you're damn sure getting your money's worth so Mm -hmm. (laughs) doo I don't know I just felt like the right thing to
1: say I like it (laughs) as you you can tell we're fucking tired so we're gonna end oh my god we're done we hope you have a wonderful rest of your whatever and yeah
0: Peace out. Bye.
1: Bye.